football 24-7 is in full effect. He's John McMullen, and I am your humble host, Tone DeShields II. Thank you guys so much for locking in on the content. Words can't describe how grateful we are. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys continue to stay engaged in the live chat. Continue to comment. And most importantly, make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. And if you want more from John McMullen, if you want more from Joe Santaliquido, if you want more from the legendary Hall of Fame voter, Paul Domowicz, check them out at jkibsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B sports.com. Now, as you guys can obviously see, our main man, the OG, John McMullen is on the road. He's covering the game right now, covering your Eagles in Miami. Uh, they had joint practice with them up with the Miami Dolphins. And look, you guys, things were very interesting today. Um, I feel like today was very I feel like today was much needed for that team. But, John, you know, I'm going to ask you, what were some of your observations from today? Uh, you know, what was the overall synopsis? Uh, I think the Eagles, uh, the legendary streak, the greatest preseason streak outside of Baltimore is over and, and that the Eagles have lost the joint practice. Um, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think winning joint practices are a big deal. Um, so I'm not going to change my, uh, yeah. And Jalen Phillips, a lot of guys talked about the work and the Eagles have said it time and time again, Nick Sirianni has talked about it time and time again, the work is what's important. Nobody's game planning for anybody else. The Eagles had a really difficult time with Tyreek Hill today, for instance, but it's not like they were saying, hey, Tyreek Hill's on the other side. We're going to plan to stop Tyreek Hill. They're just running their stuff. They want to get sharper at it. just happened to be Tyreek Hill is running through, you know, two high safety quarters coverage. Well, not every team has Tyreek Hill. So you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to panic about it. But on one day in the soup of Miami, um, yeah, the, the Dolphins were better. Uh, and it makes sense. I predicted they would lose at least one of these joint practices, and I put lose in quotation marks. They're on the road for two straight weeks. I mean, it's not comfortable. Um, nobody wants to be here from the Eagles' standpoint, the player's standpoint, I can tell you that. Um, but it's part of the process, and it helps to get them better. You know, yeah, let's start with the defense side of the ball, right? You, you mentioned Tyreek Hill was virtually unguardable today. Um, and obviously that clip is circulating right now of what he did to Darius Slay. Me personally, Darius Slay tripped. He matched him stride for stride. But let's be honest, you know, no one can really keep up with Tyreek Hill. They call him the cheater for a reason. But um, I'm curious to know what other matchups intrigued you today. Um, I know I know we saw A.J. Brown going against Xavier Howard. Um, you know, can, uh, can you give us an idea of uh, some other matchups that were that were key today? Um, well, with Tyreek, I, I know that one-on-one -on -one is, is out there and, you know, but he was beating everybody pretty consistently. And that includes, uh, Darius, uh, who got injured, uh, twice. He got injured on that play and he also left the practice a little bit early. I don't think it was serious, but clearly don't expect him to, not that you should have expected him to see in the final preseason game, but he's probably going to be out of practice for a little bit. Um, no need to worry about week one, which is all that matters. Um, from the Eagles' standpoint, a lot of checkdowns today, but, you know, 
there was one deep ball to Devontae Smith. I don't know if he caught it. It was underthrown. Um, they were on the far field. I was mainly focused on the Eagles' defense um, because they were on the farther field, more difficult to see. But he drew a, a defensive pass interference. So, oh, he, he did catch that ball, by the way, John. He caught it. He yeah. did catch that ball. So, okay, so he caught it. Either way, the, yeah. the, the Eagles would have gained a lot. Uh, it was underthrown. It was an underthrown yeah. ball. But to have a playmaker be able to come back and not only draw the DPI, but also catch the football, that's that's pretty good. So, But most of most of what the Eagles did was sort of checking things down underneath, and from that standpoint, they were pretty – I called it slow and steady wins the race. It, it might not be sexy, but, you know, wasn't a ton of, 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 of drop passes, wasn't a ton of turnovers, and, you know – if if you don't turn the football over, that's that's a positive. Yes, you mentioned the checkdowns, right? I'm curious to know. Um, well, let's think about it from this perspective, right? Last season, to check down was something that Jalen Hurts wasn't necessarily the best at accepting, right? That's also that also was a Carson Wentz problem as well. You know, you know, taking the check down, you know, taking what the defense gives you. Um, do you do you think that this Eagles offense? Do you think that Nick Sirianni is trying to instill that it's okay to take the check down with Jalen Hurts? Yeah, a little bit. Um, and I'm not sure that's a tough tightrope, right? Because, you know, and Nick has talked about this um, a, a few times. Uh, do you want eight yards from Jack Stoll or do you want 15 from Jalen Hurts? So that's kind of the tightrope you have. I mean, typically when you have a quarterback, you want them to check down because they're not going to be able to do as much as the – the playmaker, um, and I put that in quotations because um, checkdowns usually mean four, five, six, seven yards. Um, and Jalen can often do more than that with his legs. So it is a difficult sort of quandary, um, but I don't know if it should be difficult. I'm, I've, I've turned the page on this personally, Tone. I'm like, I, I have Jalen Hurts. He's my quarterback. And I'm going to take advantage of Jalen Hurts if I'm the coach of the Eagles. And I'm going to encourage him to use his off schedule. And and Nick has, has abilities. And Nick has sort of hinted at that um, a few times. And he said, the one that stuck out to me said, sometimes you don't know what you have until you have it. And from a coach's standpoint, he was always, you know, think about who we had in the past, whether it was Jacoby Brissett or Philip Rivers or even, you know, trying to replace Andrew Luck. Um, different quarterback every year. And those were guys you wanted to check the football down. So as a coach, is that's your mindset. Check it down. Check it down. Check it. Take what's there. Take what's there. Take what's there. Now he's got a quarterback that can get you more than what's there by checking it down to a running back or a tight end. You know, it's interesting because I don't think anyone really denies Jalen Hurts' running ability, right? I'm pretty sure, you know, all defenses respect the fact that he can – easily break you for 15, 20, maybe 25 or 30 yards if you allow them, right? If you know, if you get caught lacking. But you know, it's one him curbing that running ability, him being able to balance, like you said, he's like you said, he's walking a tightrope. 
um, take the eight yard check down to Jack Stoll or take off at 15 yards and try to avoid the hit and hope for the best. Right. But I have to ask, do you think that's something that comes with experience being able to really manage that? You know, I think about Russell Wilson, a quarterback that ran a lot early in his career. But as you, you saw later in his career, as he became a better passer, his pocket presence expanded and he started to become more comfortable with, you know, taking the check down, taking the nine or 10 yard play instead of taking off at 15 or 20 yards. Do you think that's something Jalen Hurts will pick up uh, with experience or if that's something that comes with experience at all? Maybe as he gets older and he gets more limited um, from an athleticism standpoint, if he's a long-term quarterback in this league, probably it ultimately has to happen. Um, but right now it doesn't have to happen. I think the only reason – I think there's – and this is where I differ from most people. M most people tie it to, to, to health, to safety. And – you know, if you keep running, if you keep running, if you keep running, you're going to get injured. And that might be true because I always go back to Zach Ertz telling me, you know, if you play this game long enough, the injury rate is 100%. Everybody's getting injured. But guess what? Jalen Hurts got injured last year. Remember how he got injured? In the pocket. In the pocket. Not outside of the pocket. In the pocket. Point is, it can happen anywhere, anytime. Could be. Carson Wentz, go back to – you mentioned Carson Wentz. Right. Non-contact, non-contact injury. Planted, that's where it went. Um, I mean, you can't legislate injuries, but people keep trying. I mean, all I can do is take advantage of the players I have available on the days I have them available. That would be my sentiment as a coach. Okay, who's available? I'm going to use it. I'm not going to say – now, there's a little bit like I'm going to contradict myself and talk about Miles Sanders, not in practice. You know, I have no problem with the Eagles being extra cautious with Miles Sanders or, or James Bradbury or Darius Slay. You know, he has a leg injury. Um, they should be cautious to get them week one. But if they're cleared for week one, then they're playing. I'm not I'm not going to say, oh, I can't get so and so hurt because I can't control that. How many times have you heard that from coaches? Control what you can control. You can't control injuries. Utilize the talent you have. Yeah. And it's so it's so interesting. Right. All the times that I've ever gotten hurt. It's always when I've tried not to get hurt. So, um, you know, when you play stiff, when you play scared, you know, that's where mistakes happen. That's where injuries usually happen. Um, I want to ask you, since we're on Jalen Hurts right now, how would you compare his performance to Tua in, 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 in practice today? I know you focused more on the defense side of the ball, so you probably saw a lot more from Tua. But from what you were able to gather from both players, um, how would you compare those guys right now? We all know their careers as we know it will be tied at the hip um, for as long as we can for, uh, for as long as we can probably foresee um, they, you know they were drafted in the same draft class same college um, same college system so on and so forth uh, how would you compare those guys right now in training camp I would say Tua was splashier um, today um, Jalen was probably steadier um, mm -hmm. so you know people tend to like sizzle um, and when you're throwing the football downfield to a streaking Tyreek Hill, that's as sizzly as it gets. Um, 
Jalen didn't have a ton of big plays. Probably the one was what I said with Devontae. Um, whereas Tua had four or five uh, down the field. Um, so most people are going to say Tua had the advantage. Um, and he probably did on this day. But he, but he also, there were times where you could see the issues Miami has with him. There were times he maybe even completed the football to open receivers, but it was behind him. The ball placement wasn't good. The accuracy is not consistent enough. Um, and he has these stretches where he can get hot and then he can get cold. I think Jalen's more consistent um, than Tua. Um and Jalen needs to improve his consistency. So that's one of the problems they both have. But I would say Jalen's a little bit more consistent at this stage. It's interesting because they both added these big playmakers, right? But they're different players. Like Tyreek Hill is just, it's just, I don't know how to describe him. He's just like in like a lightning bolt. Um, and A.J. Brown's a different type of playmaker, but they're both really good players that are going to help their quarterbacks. Um, but as far as splashes, you don't get splashier than Tyreek Hill right now. I mean, he makes the most exciting plays in football, and he made a bunch of them today. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You think about what Tua um, needed to improve on in the offseason. A lot of people got on Tua about not being able to throw that 20-yard out or not being able to uh, – um, throw beyond 20 yards down the field, right? He hit a, he had a lot of checkdowns, um, hence why his completion percentage was so high and Jalen Hurts was so low. Jalen Hurts kind of avoided the checkdowns. Um, you kind of see what both teams were trying to do. They brought guys in to, I guess, um, supplement the, the each quarterback respectively. Um, they, they basically brought both those guys in to supplement their weaknesses, right? Um, AJ Brown was is going to help Jalen Hurts, you know, with the um, you know, with the tighter windows, and um, and, you know, uh, AJ Brown has a really wide catch radius. Um, he you know he he cleans up you know bad throws um by by quarterbacks. He's that he's that he's that good. Terry Kill, uh, an electric guy, a deep threat. He's going to um allow Tua to um hit those um hit those throws down the field. He's going he's going to motivate Tua. He's going to give Tua I guess um a higher propensity to um you know throw the deep ball um. I want to stay at the skill position for a little bit. I know we talked about the two main guys and AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill. I want to go down a level and talk to Devon, talk about Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. Um, those two guys also Alabama teammates. I believe their careers are going to be tied at the hip as well. And, you know, you have some people who thought Jalen Waddle was the better receiver in the draft. Some people who thought Devontae Smith was me personally, I think you can pick your poison. The, the, the threshold between those guys is very slim. Um, you know, can you speak on, on what you saw from Waddle today and um, just, you know, what's your thoughts on um, how Devontae Smith and Waddle's career uh, uh, intersects? Um, for the most part, uh, Jalen was a higher graded prospect from most uh, Jalen Waddle from most draft people. That doesn't mean he's going to be the better player. Um, I think a lot of people were concerned about Devontae Smith's size. Um, and that seems to evaporate a little more each and every day. But Jalen Waddle's a really good player. Like you said, it's it's and he had to leave practice early today, but it's kind of pick your poison with Jalen Waddle and 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 Tyreek Hill very similar to here 
In fact, it's kind of eerie how similar these... If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Circumstances, Jalen Hurts and, and Tua arrive into this season. It's almost exactly the same. It really is. They both have to prove themselves to, to be the long-term starters. Um, they've both been given all these playmakers. Um, we haven't talked about Mike Gesicki, and, you know, they're talking about trading him. I don't know why, because they want more of a blocking presence at tight end, but he's a spectacular receiver. He had a one-handed stab catch today that was off the charts. Um, as far as who's the better player, it's kind of, you know, do you want the better route runner? It's probably Devontae. You know, Devontae's probably a little bit more um, finished, I would say. Um, Jalen probably has a little bit of a higher upside, um, and that's why he got drafted higher. But you got to develop that. And he had a very good rookie season, um, and so did Devontae. So I think both teams are happy. Yeah, Um I'm curious, right? You know, some people say this may have been one of the tougher joint practice opponents the Eagles have had to deal with, um, you know, in Nick Sirianni's tenure. I mean, his tenure is short. He's only been here since, um, you know, 2021. But some people believe this is probably one of the more competitive, one of the tougher um, matchups the Eagles have had to deal with, largely because Miami has a lot of speed, um, a lot of finesse on the offense side of the ball, you know, with guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You say you watched a lot of the defense today. We spoke about uh, Darius Slay. How do you feel the defense did overall when it came to handling or responding to the Miami Dolphins' speed at the skill position? Not well, um, but there's some um, context to that. I, you know, I think the front was fine. Um, I think it was mainly the back end today. Um, James Bradbury wasn't there, wasn't practicing again. Darius Slay, as I mentioned, had to leave. Josiah Scott didn't practice today. Uh, Josh Job didn't practice today. Those are, they've both been running on the second team. So they had a lot of DBs out. Um, and all of a sudden you have Mac McCain and Kerry Vincent and, and opposite Zach McPherson. So you can imagine how that went. Um, there's a big drop off between the Eagles top corners and, and the second teamers. Um, and I think you saw that today, but I'm not concerned about it because September 11th, it'll be Slay and Bradbury and Avante Maddox. Now you have to hope those guys stay healthy, but um, that's a big difference. But that's to be expected, right? I mean, most teams, you would say there's a large drop off from, you know, cornerback one, cornerback two, then your slot, and then you get to your fourth, fifth, and sixth guys. Most teams, you, you would say there's a pretty large drop off, right? Yeah, there's always, I mean, starters are starters for a reason. But I I, I would say that Zach, Zach McPherson is the fourth cornerback. 
I've seen them, you know, throughout the summer. I don't want to play in. There are teams that have better fourth corners than the Eagles. Um, So I I don't think he's ready to play meaningful snaps. Um, So from that standpoint, are you going to get through 17 games completely healthy at cornerback? The Eagles almost did it last year. Um, Steve Nelson did it. Uh, Slade almost did it. He had to leave a couple games early, had a couple concussion um, concerns. Uh, Maddox uh, uh, missed a little bit of time, but not much. It, it's a concern when those guys aren't aren't on the field because Zach McPherson probably isn't where you want him to be, and he's the best of, of the second-tier group. Interesting. You know, I want to I want to touch on some guys, you know, the second string guys. Right. Uh, apparently, Zach Pascal and Gardner Minshew were locked in today. Um, you know, any insight you can provide on that? You know, Zach Pascal, in my humble opinion, I think he's a sleeper for his team, he's a sleeper on his team in terms of what he's going to be able to do. Um, you know, you know, once the season begins, I think he's going to be a safety blanket um, for um, Jalen Hurts, a guy that, you know, has a, a sturdy body, a sturdy frame, a guy that can move the chains, reliable hands, like you said before. Um, he just he's he's the perfect wide receiver. He does everything you want your wide receiver to do in terms of route running, in terms of fundamentals, um, running the route correctly. You know all those all those things. Um, you know what insight can you provide um, on Zach Pascal and uh, Gardner Minshew's production today? Um, Zach has been great since he returned uh, from the food poisoning, and obviously he lost sixteen pounds, so it took him a little while. Um, to get back up to where he could, you know, feel comfortable playing. Um, He has surprised me with his playmaking ability. As you mentioned, he does all the fundamental things right. Um, And that's what Nick Sirianni said. But the book on him was, you know, he's not that athletic. He's not going to get much separation. And he's been pretty good. And, yeah, I I think he's a better wide receiver than Quez Watkins. not as explosive, but um, from all those other things, the route running, the blocking, uh, the stuff, and and you start to think about traffic and while well, you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, how much traffic is that third receiver, not to mention Dallas Goddard, how much traffic is that third receiver going to get? And maybe you'd prefer to have the fundamental guy who does everything right in there and I think ultimately that's – I've been talking about it for a while. Ultimately, Eagles fans, even though they don't think it and it's counterintuitive, they should want Zach Pascal on the field because that probably means they're winning football games. And they're if they're up 10 in the fourth quarter, you're going to see Zach Pascal on the field. If they're down 10 in the fourth quarter, you're probably going to see Quez Watkins on the field. You guys are locked in on football 24-7. He's John McMullen, and I am Tony Shows the second. Make sure you guys continue to smash that like button. Stay engaged in that live chat. Make sure you guys also are subscribed to Jacob Sports, and make sure the notification bell is on as well. That way you're fully aware. You get the notifications. You get you, you, you get you get the birdie in your ear to let you know that 
uh, Jacob Sports has made a move. We're live or we're dropping content away or we have a community post. So make sure you guys stay locked in on the YouTube channel, Jacob Sports. And also make sure you guys are locked in on the website where you can where you can catch articles by John McMullen. That's jkipsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B sports.com. Uh, John, a few more points I want to hit with you. Then we're going to close this show out. Um, a guy that is starting to get his swing back a little bit is Grant Cacotera. Now, I have to ask you, you know, what's the likelihood of Grant Cacotera making his roster? And also, what's the likelihood of him jumping guys like Noah Togiai and Jack Stoll, who have been fairly um, productive in camp? Uh, pretty likely um, to make the roster. Pretty likely to jump Noah Togiai. Not as proven he's healthy, he's back. Um, he made a couple catches today, had a pretty good day. Um, the Eagles like him. They think he's got a lot of long-term potential, and that's what you're kind of weighing. Noah Tungiai, they like as well, but that long-term potential is not nearly the same. So they're going to default to Grant Calcaterra. Jack Stoll's made this team. He's the backup tight end. Um, you don't have to worry about Jack Stoll, but the fact that Grant has been able to make it back from the hamstring finally um, – and he's proving to be healthy. Now, if he gets hurt again, we, we have to have this conversation again. But I would say Grant Calcaterra is the heavy favorite to be the third tight end. Okay. Now, also, did you – were you in, were you in attendance or were you present for that uh, that scuffle between the offensive line and the defensive line, the Eagles O-line and the uh, Dolphins? Yeah. yeah. What, were, uh, what, uh, what level of voyeurism can you provide to us right now? <laughs> Well, it was one of those things where it was, you know, and Jalen Phillips talked about this as well because he was in the middle of that. It was right. just really hot, and I think every every player who was involved said the same thing. It's just, you know, tempers are on edge, and it was just a bunch of pushing and shoving. It wasn't anything all that serious, but, you know, it was a dust-up, and you know, I joked on the on on the afternoon show. I was like, there wasn't a chance to have a dust up on on the Eagles defense versus the uh, Dolphins offense because they weren't close enough to anybody to, <laughs> to create any issues. Oh man! And uh, I also want to pick your brain about this. All right, let's let, let's let's. I want to approach this respectfully and properly, right? Harry Roseman is the ultimate finesser. He, I'm pretty You're sure. Talking he, about Ugo? I'm probably talking about my man Ugo Amadi now. Let's you know, let's let's run this down really quickly before we close the show. Jay Jaw was traded to the Seattle Seahawks for Ugo yeah. Amadi, straight up. Ugo Amadi is here for less than ten days. <laughs> All of a sudden, Harry Roseman trades Ugo Amadi to the Titans for what a couple late round picks. Am I am I off with that or? No, he traded a 2024 seventh and Ugo to okay. Tennessee for a sixth in 2023. Sorry, um, getting one year ahead of myself. Uh, so he traded a seventh and Ugo Amadi for a sixth. So in essence, he traded JJ Ortega Whiteside in a seventh for a sixth. So basically, okay. this is a sleight of hand trick to. <laughs> Make Eagles fans forget that they missed wildly on JJ Ortega Whiteside. And right. <laughs> I'm the, sorry, second, the second funny. part of it is 
Um, it, it, they obviously never had any intention of keeping Ugo Amadi. They were looking to move him as soon as they got him. Essentially, Howie wanted a late-round draft pick for J.J., but he couldn't get it, so he got Ugo to get rid of J.J., and then he spun Ugo Amadi for that draft pick. So, yeah, they you know, met. How, Howie is one of those guys to me that, you know, he he refuses to take no for an answer, and, you know, he's another guy that it's hard for him to admit he missed on someone. No, he admitted that part. I mean, everybody knows he missed, but it's interesting the layers he wants to put on it because uh, now you have at least some people saying, well, yeah, he missed on JJ, but he took advantage and he got an extra draft pick and he did all this hoop, hoopla. Now, he didn't do it. He, he gave up a set. Really, he gave up a seven and, 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 and JJ for, for a six. And that's what he, that's what he wanted. And, that's what he got, but it's kind of a nothing deal, to be honest. And people bring up Jason Kelsey's a six-round pick and Quez Watkins is a six-round pick. Well, yeah, but then you could list all the bailed six-round picks as well. Right. There's always outliers, right? So um, final question, who gets your game ball for the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, that's a good one. For the Eagles, I guess I'll give it to Devontae. Why not? I mean, he made the big play. He 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 made some things happen offensively. Um, defensively, there were some guys up front. Hassan Reddick had a nice sack. Um, Marvin Wilson had a, a nice run-stop play where he just destroyed the running back in the backfield. There were a couple highlights from the front. Um, but overall... Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Devontae, Devontae Smith. But, you know, if I were doing a, a dual team game ball, he'd be about fifth or sixth on the list. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Tyreek Hill gets the game ball uh, yes, today. Tyreek, Tyreek gets it. You know, it's interesting. The Dolphins um, give out an orange jersey for the practice player of the day. And that player – gets to wear the orange jersey the next day or the next practice. Um, and today that was Jalen Phillips. Um, I imagine tomorrow it's going to be Tyreek Hill, but we'll see. They might look at the tape and there might have been somebody doing something phenomenal on the offensive line or the defensive line. Certainly from a splash standpoint, it would be Tyreek Hill. Um, but, you know, maybe the Eagles should do that with the Jacob uh, media Foot, uh, game ball, you know, get, give, you know, give a black jersey, give a, give a something jersey to the practice player of the game. Hey, John, you're down there, man. You got to put that bid in for us. You know, we know you're, you know, you, you rub shoulders with Nick Sirianni and those guys, you know, you got to, you know, you got a campaign, you got a campaign for us, man. I'll do my best. I, <laughs> I like the idea though. I like what the Dolphins do with that. You know, people compete, they get excited about it. Makes sense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hey, listen, you guys, you know, this has been um, a really exciting uh, offseason thus far, especially training camp. These joint practices are continu continuing to get more and more interesting. And, you know, we're beginning to learn more and more about your Philadelphia Eagles. So, again, if you want more of the scoop on your Philadelphia Eagles, make sure you guys are locked in 
on Jake Hip Sports and also locking on John McMullen's writing on jakehipsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B sports.com. Make sure you guys continue to smash that like button. Make sure you guys continue to subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel and stay engaged in the live chat. Also, you guys, the best post-game show in town is on its way. September 11th, you will have guys like Derek Gunn, Mike Missinelli, and Seth Joyner, along with the lovely Devin Caney, giving you the best post-game show in town. That's the J-Kib Sports post-game show. They're going to be recording live at Ocean Casino Resort at their new sports book, The Gallery. And you'll be able to stream it on YouTube, and you'll also be able to stream it on 6abc.com. So make sure you guys lock in on that. You don't want to miss it. This is the best post-game show in town. And on top of that, Lane Johnson is going to be a weekly contributor on the show as well. Don't forget that as well, you guys. You know, Jacob Sports is starting to move the needle, and a lot of people are starting to get nervous. So make sure you guys are on the right side of history. But I was here with my man, John McMullen, and I am your host, Tony Just a Second. This is Football 24-7. Take care, you guys. One love. Stay humble. Stay healthy. And most importantly, stay hungry. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.